I'm a dude, and I'm inviting you to join me on a podcast about brews. Does that include stouts? Yes. Yes, of course it includes stouts. Like I was saying, join us every Saturday on the journey into... Wait a minute. Do you you guys do anything about, like, IPAs? Yes. Yes, 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 we do IPAs. Okay. Yes. Anyway... Join us on the Journey into Comics Network for Brews with Dudes. Whoa, whoa, hey, hey, do you, have you guys ever, do you care if I bring some Zima on? Yes, I care if you bring Zima. Zima doesn't count. Zima, oh. Zima's, Dr. Dongo. Anyway, join us every Saturday for a podcast that delves into the craft brew world. Following, following the following is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Yes, it all started out as a mild curiosity in the junkyard. Now it's turned out to be quite a, a quite a great spirit of adventure. Don't you? People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect, but actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Stuff. You're calling the butler. I'm very partial to tea and muffins. What's wrong with being childish? I like being childish. Before I go, I just want to tell you you were fantastic. Never trust a hug. It's just a way to hide your face. That's the exciting thing. There's nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. Why are you pointing at screwdrivers like that? They're scientific instruments, not water pistols. Jelly frame. Yes, this must be where I live. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Gallif Radio. It's episode four. I am your host, Nate, and today joining me, as always, welcome back, Sarah. Hi. How's it going? Uh, it's okay. I got a little scratchy voice today. I know. I'm so excited yeah. that you're going to trooper through this for us today. Allergies. It's allergy time. Also joining us, welcome back, Miss Veronica. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Doing good. We uh, We exposed you to something today. Yeah, I guess I could say I'm, I've been better. I've been doing better, but uh, yeah, we watched a pretty shitty movie today, and I guess we're going to talk about it. <laughs> it's kind of the whole basis of this episode. Uh, I'm actually pretty disappointed. I feel uh, gypped and let down, and like I wasted my time. Okay, well, let's get right into it. What did <laughs> what did you, in fact, watch today? You made us watch that crappy Doctor Who movie. The 1996 <laughs> Americanized Doctor Who movie uh, starring Paul McGann as the Eighth mm-hmm. Doctor. I liked, him as the, I liked him as the Doctor. <laughs> we'll get into that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, this movie was kind of, and you know what? I totally screwed up. I was going to bring the laptop with me and look at some facts about the movie, but I'll just pull, up, pull it up on my phone here in a minute. Uh, this movie was kind of in a lull of Doctor Who. It had been, I think, seven or eight years since Who had been on air in the BBC. Uh, America tried to do a TV movie. Mm-hmm. In 96. And, and that was it. And it took place in 1999. Mm-hmm. Into the new millennium. Which was weird watching in 2018 <laughs> for the first time ever. It's like, huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No talk. I mean, uh, what? I was going to say, no talk of Y2K in the movie, though. No, just a lot about the new millennium and uh, atomic I clocks. Don't, I don't think people in 1996 were talking about Y2K. 
No, no, they weren't. That wasn't a that 96 wasn't a thing. thing. That was no. like a 1999 thing. No, yeah, I didn't start hearing about that. And then even then I was just like, what are they talking about? <laughs> Stupid. I know. I, like, I remember when that happened. I was like, mom, do we need to buy like gallons of water and batteries? And she's like, no. <laughs> yeah, that was just like the year prior or something. Yeah, nobody in 96 was saying Y2K. They assumed They did say that... as if a lot, though. Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> as if. <laughs> movie was very dated and not in like the fun way that I wanted it to be. In the forced way. It was very forced. I, I kept remarking. I was like, I feel like I'm watching a softcore porn that has like no, no porn in it. Yeah, no payoff. It's just like that kind of shitty quality that I, I, you know, I was trying to appreciate it for what it was. It was like a little time capsule, but it wasn't good enough to be in my time capsule. <laughs> no, this movie definitely suffered a lot from... The Americanization of it, I think, is the way to say that. Yeah. Like plot holes. It's totally different from what a, a British version of it would have been. They were like trying to like shoehorn in a lot of good ideas and subplots of what the Doctor is and what Doctor Who means, but they were also like taking shortcuts and doing weird shit with the Master <laughs> that makes no sense. This movie made no sense. I sat there slightly horrified yeah. and dully okay. disappointed. Like, ugh, this is like the cheap knockoff version of Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like when they thought about the future in like the 1950s. Yeah. What it was supposed to be about and it was, doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know. It just, it was like they tried to think about what Americans want Doctor Who. It just didn't make any sense. So much wrong with it, right? And there was like so the much. whole weird romance oh. factor. There was like the oh, the he's horror half factor. human. He's half human. They don't even, they don't even resolve any of that. Why is he half human? Why? Why? It's like this lingering question. I remember the first time I watched it, I was just sitting there just, this is so rage film. Yeah, they're like trying to rebrand it. Oh, and then uh, he regenerates and like he's still got the 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 stint or whatever. The, what? No, he regenerated. <laughs> like he's done now. Whatever killed him is done now. Right. That does, it doesn't get to kill him again after that. No, it doesn't. That doesn't make any sense at all. Like, oh... I could keep going. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, why did we watch this? <laughs> raging back off your mic a little bit so you don't clip it. Why Sorry. did we watch this movie again? I guess my thought was at some point we need to cover the Eighth Doctor. Like it, it does exist in who? Okay, in so history. yeah, that's right. You said it was like in canon, like in the the. Hundred percent. I mean, Sylvester McCoy is the Seventh Doctor in that movie, mm-hmm. reprising his role as the Seventh Doctor from. Which he got ripped off. Totally ripped off. Just like, oh, la, 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 drinking yeah. tea, listening to this record. I walk out of my TARDIS and just gangbangers. That's that's yeah. how he just gets did in. Uh, I mean, I guess not really. It was like gangbangers that led to the doctor, the other, you know, the lady doctor. Grace. Just, just killing him because she just goes in blind, you know. But clearly, it's, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to fix this thing. Clearly, this x-ray is double, like, the exposure is wrong. It's a double exposure. Yeah, something. he only got shot he through the hearts. shoulder, but they're she, trying to put, like, stints in him. Is that, like, yeah. what are you doing? Save that for later, lady. For real. He's, he's he sitting up talking to you. He's talking to you. And uh-huh. nowhere else. Why are they performing heart surgery? I don't, because I... This movie makes no fucking sense. It's insane. The more that you think about it, the more insane it gets. Yeah. Why is why is the master goo? Well, let's so let's do a little bit of setup. Why the movie, is he goo? The movie does well. Let's do a little bit of setup here. The movie does kick off with the doctor explaining that he's taking 
the master back to Scaro to the Daleks so the Daleks can execute the master and then he's going to take his remains back to Gallifrey. So that's the doctor's path is to leave Scaro and go to Gallifrey to drop off the remains of the master. He's got him in this like urn and in the urn he puts it in like this lockbox but then the lockbox just like cracks Breaks open. open and then there's goo. Yeah, but why goo? I don't know. It's <laughs> why a, the Daleks like they everything, exterminate everything you're saying right now. I want you to just say it's because it was in America and don't ask why because we're not going to get those. Answers. Oh no, exactly. it doesn't get to have special treatment because America. Sorry, no, you're I don't not, know. But you're I, not gonna like get I said answers. when we were watching this movie earlier, I was like, I feel like this is the Joel Schumacher version of doctor who like if like how he did batman you know <laughs> like this is like oh you have to just suspend your disbelief and just get on the train and roll with it because it makes no fucking sense it, it was it so, was a wonky train so when yeah. the master gets out of his little contraption thing that's got him held he essentially fucks with the tardis and forces it to emergency land on earth that's where you find... Conveniently enough. Convenient. That was the theme of this movie. Oh, how convenient. Mm-hmm. So Lee is uh, the, the Asian kid that's in the movie, and he uh, is getting chased by those gangbangers. For a reason that is never explained. Gangs. And in 1999, him and his crew are just shooting people in the air, shooting at people for no reason in a car. Yeah. It's like, okay, right. that's weird. Uh, then... The TARDIS materializes around Lee, saving him, mm-hmm. or you know, in front of him, maybe. It, 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 I think it does it in front of him because mm-hmm. he just like appears from behind it. He and, didn't come out of it, and he never until later in the movie realized saw that it was bigger on the inside. Correct. Right. So you are right. Uh, but then the Doctor comes out of his thing, and like Sarah was saying, just fing, fang, foom, bing, bang, boom, shot to death immediately. Yeah. But not to death, just shot in the a shoulder times. and in the leg. That uh, apparently leads to but, heart, heart surgery. surgery. But that sets up <laughs> exploratory. Whatever necessitates this movie because now you have the the EMT slash cop that is there that takes his body to the, the hospital. Ambulance driver. And then mm-hmm. the lady who Grace Holloway, I think is her name, uh, she's at like the symphony or something at the opera. And she's on call. On call, on call at the opera. She decides to go to the fucking opera. In that dress. In a gown while yeah. she's on call. That's very irresponsible for a doctor. Well, exploratory Correct. heart surgery. conveniently for... enough, she's on call and gets paged yeah. and shows up in her glamorous, ridiculous dress. Right. We already because got America. the bullets out, sir. But exactly, we're going to try for this heart thing, America. too. They're like, oh, it's double. His, his x-ray is double exposed. It's showing he has two hearts. And she's like, that's not true. We know no one has two hearts. That's not possible. Well, we did it again, and there's another X-ray machine coming. It's going to take 30 minutes. And I'm like, here in San Francisco, there's a million hospitals. Why is it going to take fucking 30 minutes? It'll take three seconds. There's like six hospitals probably right next door. I don't know. I feel like that... I feel very despondent after watching this movie. I feel very like... <sighs> so Grace tries to do this emergency surgery, right? Mm-hmm. What happens in that, Sarah? Well, Puccini starts playing. Okay. You know, first of all, we need to know about Puccini. That is important. Apparently, that's what important about to this movie. I don't know about Puccini. <laughs> it's just adding to the romance factor. Italian opera. I met Puccini. He never finished that one. Okay. So, <sighs> so what's going on here? Puccini's playing. Anyway, so it wakes him up out of it and starts talking to this woman who's operating on him. And she's like, 
oh, we got all the bullets out. You're going to be fine, but we're just going to try to fix this other thing. And he's like, don't fix me. I'm not human. They're just like, no, we're going to do it anyways, you know. Yeah. Like, why? There's a lot of problems with this movie. Correct. We're going to uncover them all I feel like this is like a 12-year-old adaptation of what happens in the hospital when you're getting surgery. Yeah, this was like a fucking fan fiction. This was the doctor's fever dream, you guys. It was. Like, this is like a kid doctor's fever dream. Maybe he's somewhere in the time vortex. Maybe we can explain it somewhere like that. Like he just had in a coma and he dreamt it. I'm glad. Yeah, like what? (laughs) I'm glad that V said that, though, about it being like uh, a poor, or whoever said about it being poor fan fiction because it's like, my thing is this this movie is almost like the phoenix of the doctor hoovers because it has to suck so bad <laughs> for russell t davies to be like wait a fucking second i can write better than that yeah, nine let years me start after, putting my yeah. treatment on episode one called rose and start writing it in 1997 and i'm not going <sighs> to give it to the bbc until 2004 mm-hmm. you know seven years to perfect this idea of what he wanted the doctor to be and then it it becomes what we know now. So this movie, as sucky as it is, and as terribly poor the plot, I mean, we move into the, okay, so the the failed operation, she breaks the scope off inside of the doctor. Right. And, like, everything's going crazy. And then, then they break the scope off of him, and instead of cutting him open to try to remove it, they hit him with the defibrillator? Right. Over and like over. over and over and over again. Right. I, wasn't... Yeah, I mean, I've seen enough Grey's Anatomy to know that that's not what you want to do. It's no. also not how it would happen. If something got stuck in the person, you would try to cut that open and get it out of them safely. Yeah. Otherwise, lawsuit, lawsuit, lawsuit. Right. I mean... I'm just like, pull it out. I can't pull it out. Like, what do you mean? So they call it time of death for this gentleman, John Smith. 10.03 p.m. He's dead. Oh, yeah. They write in John Smith. That's mm-hmm. a little Easter egg from the future. And mm-hmm. From the future and the past, well, both. Yeah. John Smith has always been a fixture of his human identity. His right. alias. Uh, his alias. This half-human thing, though. We'll get to it. We'll oh, get man. to it. We'll get to it. So uh, we get the morgue scene, which had a Mad TV alumni, Will Sasso, on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was one of the shining spots of this movie, I thought. Pretty funny. Uh yeah, it was your your st- comparatively speaking, yeah, and comparative to whatever was around him in this movie. I mean, right. you know, hilarious, correct. But so, V, what happens at the morgue? Well, he regenerates and comes back to life and scares the shit out of <laughs> who yeah. we were just talking about during Frankenstein. During Frankenstein, <laughs> yeah. So God. the scene for scene, it's just like we get it, uh-huh. we get it, y'all. It's very on the nose, like yes. Who your is hands this movie twitch. for? I'm, it's. I'm telling you, it's a little kid's like little kid doctor's fever dream. <laughs> what else could it be? Yeah, so he regenerates. <laughs> I don't know who this is for, though. He turns into this person. I kept trying to place who he looked like the whole movie. And then towards the end, mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like he just is like all of the. <laughs> He's all the hobbits. All the hobbits. Yeah. Put together because he looks exactly like all of the hobbits if they were one hobbit. Only when he forces himself to smile. Maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. He Yeah. And then they made him like this like very Baroque Renaissance man. You know, with his crushed velvet. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure what audience this was supposed to be for. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it. It was like a whole bunch of different movies all into one shitty Doctor Who movie. 
Yeah, with no connective tissue. It was just like a bunch of like they random. They the master as the connective tissue. And, it, and this why was, can he spit acid? Here's this is my least favorite iteration of the master. Uh, it it's the fourth iteration of the master. And here's, my least favorite. And here's where it gets, <laughs> it's, it's where it gets timey-wimey and strange because according to Eric Roberts' master, this is his 12th regeneration. Mm-hmm. And it's done. He's He's officially run out of chances. However, we know from now our Doctor Who lore that that's only the fourth version of the Master, and then uh, Professor Yana is the fifth, mm-hmm. John Sims is the sixth, and Missy mm-hmm, is seven. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, 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 he's a li- liquid snake thing, and let's talk about that for a second. Uh, the liquid snake guy. <laughs> Sarah's so upset. I was very upset the first time I saw that because that makes no sense at all. What Usually when you have something that out there in Doctor Who, there's a really good explanation for it they'll come up with later, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, oh, his time essence was morphed into this goo. Because this was American, they just expected you just go with it right. they didn't have to explain anything it's, that's what they thought mm, i know that's that whole like uh i don't know sometimes sci-fi suffers from that you know mm-hmm. like the suspension of disbelief they just push it too far you know right without giving you anything we also got this really strange yeah. scene in this epi- in this episode i guess it's kind of like an it episode, felt like a long a really long, long bad two-parter long uh, episode <laughs> But what is up with this wing of the hospital that's just letting fucking rain pour I into know, the it? Silent Hill yeah. wing. Like, on <laughs> what it, like, the fuck was that? Most under construction part of a fucking hospital ever that just lets patients run. There was a leaky roll. pipe oh. flooding it. And then all he, the beds were overturned. All There's the broken, broken mirrors. mirrors. Yeah, and he's looking at the broken mirror. <gasps> Blood and, and tears. I, like, what? Yeah, and then that scream. Super. Who am I? It was so fucking emo. Over dramatic. Like, yeah. Not in the way that Doctor Who does. I mean, it's over dramatic sometimes. I mean, the cravats alone. I thought it was fancy things, but yeah. I thought it was cheap and very lame how they figure out his wardrobe. Like who's wearing that? Who's wearing that shit to the hospital and putting it in the hospital locker room? Because they were talking about going to the costume party later. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it wasn't just fucking costumes in the morning. New Year's Eve. Eve, Yeah, it was a New Year's Eve costume party. We found some continuity. There's some continuity. Yes. Oh wow. Now let's talk about this clock. Yeah. What's the deal with this clock that they never explain? The beryllium the atomic, atomic clock. The timing is off. The timing is off. That's what he's telling the doctor when he wakes up on the table or whatever. You know, the timing. We gotta get this. They don't ever explain it. Nope. Never. This they, whole movie is anchored on him trying to find this beryllium atomic clock, and he finds it, and it's like this and big he deal. Takes the piece from it, so and he, that way he can yeah, power he takes the TARDIS or attempt to. Mm-hmm. But they never explain what that even means, or what it does, or what it does, or why, or why, they why even it doesn't have one. <laughs> it also made me think a little bit about Rush Hour, the first one with <gasps> Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. It just had that, like you know, the big like, draping down mm. uh, things for the the big party and. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see the doctor run towards one of those big 2000 banners and slide, slide down, down it. it. You know, mm-hmm. it would have been it would have been absolutely great. Uh, so the doctor's lost at who he is. And he's like in this twilight phase of amnesia. He ends up clothed and back in like the ER main ER. And he sees Grace and he recognizes her and traps her like a complete fucking creeper in the in the elevator. Grace after is the surgeon, by the way. Yeah, Grace after is the she's surgeon. decided to quit her job because her boss is saying 
that oh like we should probably mention that they all think that his body was stolen because he's regenerated and walked out of the morgue Mm -hmm. so she's quitting her job because her boss uh burnt the x-rays that proved that that dude had two hearts and she was like we need to study him we need to cut him open all these Mm -hmm. things you know what can we learn from him and he's just like nothing he's gone he never existed and then she's like no fuck this i quit it'll be easier to forget about it she seems unconcerned about every money. single thing about this movie that I, we're talking about. You can completely forget about because it mm-hmm. doesn't matter or mean mm-hmm. anything. Right. Correct. Like it's not like it's spoiling anything because no. even if you watch this movie knowing everything, you're still going to go. What the fuck? So yeah. we, we watched this movie so you wouldn't have to. Yeah, we took we took oh, yeah. the bullet that Sylvester McCoy took to his shoulder. Oh, yeah. For taking a bullet for our fans, I guess. But uh to get back into it, so the doctor corners Grace in the elevator, and he's talking about Puccini and meeting Puccini, but he doesn't remember who he is, but he knows he has two hearts, which I thought was bizarre. Like, how do you not know who you are, right. but you're he definitely just kept starting, certain? He just kept getting, like, things, memories, like, in clips. Sporadically, and, yeah. Yeah. Manically would remember something. Right. And then, meanwhile, the master has slithered into the bedroom of this cop guy bruce bruce right Played by eric roberts played by eric roberts rest yes. in peace he died like last yeah. year i think but he it was not good no like he gets like possessed by like it was like a like some alien thing like it like goes in his mouth like the master slither yeah or slither mm-hmm. or something yeah where it goes he, in his belly and he gets like possessed or something and for whatever reason his eyes are green king, i don't know why the king, master is a lizard person now king cobra i'm not sure why he's and he spews a snake. acid and he spews acid later on, straight up acid, that the, apparently the lady's arm is fine. I figured it out. Mm. He's just reptile from Mortal Kombat. Ugh. That's exactly who it is. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. So he becomes the master, and he like wakes up the next morning next to his wife, and mm-hmm. he's like, this body's only going to last so long. I got to hurry up and find the doctor and take his lives. And she's like, oh, you don't snore anymore and you have a sense of humor. Like, come back to bed. And then mm-hmm. he fucking murders her. Yeah. Like, it ain't no thing. Like, Just chokes her out. Yep. And his green eyes, his reptile eyes. So the doctor is still talking to Grace. He's still trying to figure out anything oh, and yes. try to explain to her who he is, but she doesn't get it. And what's the tipping point? I don't even remember what the tipping point for her to slightly I, believe him. I uh, Oh, for her to believe him. She listened to his two hearts with her yeah. stethoscope at her house. That's right. Yeah. And she's like, oh, this can't be. Yeah. This and isn't. for some reason, and then like while all of that is happening, the little Asian gang kid... Lee. Mm-hmm. Lee is with the master now who he's the master's convinced Lee that he's really the good guy and that the doctor is the evil one. Mm-hmm. Classic. And, yeah, whatever. Lee also stole that bag that had all the doctor's belongings. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sonic and, screwdriver and the TARDIS key. What a dickhead. And he yeah. convinced the master convinces Lee uh, by giving him sacks of fucking velvet bags full of gold dust. Right. <laughs> Lee has made it into the TARDIS, which yeah. was one of the funnier scenes when he walks into the TARDIS. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, because he he just turns oh just turns the key and just gets in and uh you know that was funny but and he turns around and goes shakes his head he's and like nope <laughs> for some reason the master is just in the tardis yeah how did the master get in the they don't TARDIS? explain how he gets in i believe that the master knew where that spare key the doctor talks about is i mean he is did the, he just put it back then he, he would have taken it, it with him he wouldn't have put it back the do- well here's the Loophole thing or, now, yeah, now, plot hole. now maybe i will say this 
historically there's at least five different TARDIS keys hidden on the TARDIS that have been oh, yeah. throughout time and history That's placed. That's true. I remember when uh, Clara was trying to yeah, dispose of all the keys. Yeah, whatever. So, so the master was in there. He gives him he his velvet bag. Fair enough. Yeah. Of gold dust. The hell do you do with a bag of gold dust <laughs> on the street <laughs> in San Francisco? Gold dust. Ain't nobody going to believe you. You walk up, oh yeah, this is gold, man. It's real gold in this velvet bag. They're gonna be like, oh, they're do you gonna have slap a straw? that out of your hand. They're gonna be like, do you have a straw to snort that, buddy? Like, what are you doing? They're gonna taste it, know what it is. They're not gonna know what that is. It's useless. But this kid seems motivated by it. Whatever. Stupid. He also totally just believes the master. He's like, yeah, you don't seem evil at all. You seem totally. <laughs> He's awesome like, well, you gave me this gold dust, yeah. so whatever you say is totally plausible to me, dude. Was it right. creepy when he kissed him? Mm-hmm. Did that bother you guys? Well, too? yeah, even the kid thought it was creepy. He looked at him, he was like, "The fuck." Yeah, which we'll get into that in a second. So the doctor goes to the uh, Institute of Science and Academia or some shit where this clock is, where the beryllium atomic clock is, and he's got to try to figure out how to get this one piece out of it. So, which I don't think they ever explained why he needs it or what it's even going to do. If they did, I missed it. To me also. They didn't explain it. And we also need to talk about how he got his memories back because that was completely random. They never explained what the Eye of Harmony is. I mean, that's one of those things like, oh, oh they just, yeah. it's, it's only ever talked about before that in the Doctor Who universe. They ne- That's never been anything. It's just like a rumor, you know, whispers or whatever. It's supposed to be somewhere on the TARDIS. Somehow the master just knows where it is. And how to open it, and this, and it just and what it's gonna do. happens, and what and what it's gonna do. And He's like, oh, it'll totally show us. They the don't doctor. explain anything. They just, you're just, oh, now you can see through the doctor's eyes because he he like opens this this big hole in the floor. You know, he takes a Lee, kind of looks like the eye of the Technodrome from Turtles. Yeah, he tells Lee he's that Lee's got to look into this light. You know, pull some staff out and look at this light, and it just opens it up. Whatever, and then the doctor just. Oh, now I know who I am. Like he's off on some date with this lady, you know, the Grace lady at the time, and just like starts getting all his memories back. You know, it's like, oh, now I remember this and Gallifrey and this, and she starts, and then she thinks he's crazy because she's he starts rambling about everything. But it's well, like if you were listening to that conversation, you would have too, right? No, I'm not defending her. I'm just stating this is what happened, and they never explain it. They never explain the whole movie, what the Eye of Harmony is, why it does that. Or like, how it can exchange the the lives between the Doctor and the Master, which is his ultimate goal for this movie, anyway. Right, it doesn't. He just it, wants to steal the Doctor's lives. Yeah, it so, may, they have they do not explain what it is for at right. all. Uh, now, during the time the Eye of Harmony is open, all of a sudden the Doctor realizes that he is being he's someone's visualizing what he's seeing through the Eye of Harmony, and all of a sudden every fucking memory he's had comes back. And he mm-hmm. ultimately, in two tenths of a second, knows the master's ultimate plan and can just right. perfectly he recite it, it out. Yeah, but having not seen the master, although here's continuity error that a huge continuity error I picked up. In that scene, you see the master flash in the doctor's eyes, so the mm-hmm. doctor sees what the master looks like. But then, when the master shows up at Grace's house, he doesn't after, recognize him. Right, he has no idea who the fuck he is and totally just goes along with it like yeah. an idiot. Like it, it does not make a damn lick of sense whatsoever. No, and in in Doctor Who, you normally would think, oh no, he's got it together. He knows. He knows. He's just playing it cool, you know. But no, later on, they're in the ambulance, 
And then Surprise. like his, yeah, his gla- sunglasses fall off and you see his reptile eyes or whatever. The dog's like, eh, it's a master. Like, you just see him. He finally actually realizes it. And then he's just like, Bleh! and shoots acid out of his mouth onto the grace, grace lady's yeah. arm. And she's like burning from acid. And then like the next frame, they don't even talk about it. Like right. she's just cool. No bandages, no eating a hole through her skin. And they, they sh- what, what is this? And then they, that's when they drop the half-human line somewhere in there. I'm only half-human, Grace. Yeah. Excuse me? Like, yeah. And when do they start, like, having the love interest? Like, all of a sudden, like... The doctor becoming extra oh. affectionate towards Grace is so not in the doctor's character. No. I mean, it no. took him... That's why I said this is the American version where they were boosting oh, the romance man. factor to try to get people interested in Doctor Who. Terrible. It, it essentially took him two seasons of knowing Rose to get to that level. One season and yeah, then we don't even get it. And then you still don't even really technically get it until f- season four. So, I mean... And even then, it's like... Mm-hmm. <sighs> the doctor's mm-hmm. half human there. Never... <laughs> the Dr. Donna. Oh. Just saying that maybe that's what they were trying to build towards. But eventually... they need to really explain that because they didn't. they didn't. He just straight up regenerated. And now all of a sudden they say half human. Mm-hmm. And then what? Then we get the mini episode, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, we're getting ready to get uh, into that. Where he regenerates into... Oh. <laughs> But we'll I have get some problems there. Just, yeah. But let's get back to this movie, though. Anyways. So the Doctor and Grace successfully steal the thing from the beryllium clock. They head back yeah. to the TARDIS. In the TARDIS, Grace turns on the Doctor because the Master had spit the poison on her. And she becomes possessed. And she becomes possessed with these like black demon eyes. And yeah. they trap the Doctor. And so the now he's a demon and she, a reptile. That was the least scary she's looked the entire movie, also. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought the same. <laughs> that was a really interesting looking lady, okay? She's got some very severe features. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But when she was possessed, she almost looked normal. Yeah. <laughs> almost normal. Uh, so they trap the doctor in this contraption, and they're going to begin using the Eye of Harmony to extract his remaining uh, regenerations and put them into the master. Mm-hmm. Lee's just like, cool, we're doing this, guys. It's yeah. fun. Like, I'm excited. They're, she's possessed, bro. Like, doctor, she's possessed. She's not going to listen to you. I love that line. Like, mm. Well, of course, she's possessed, you know. God, listening to you talk about this movie makes me hate it even more. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm getting at. Um, oh, it's bad. I mean, we warned the listeners. Yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely atrocious. Abysmal. For for very obvious reasons, I think. Uh, but so the this attempt is happening, and somehow, some way... Oh, uh, he... The master has to blind Grace because he forces her to look into the eye of harmony to actually she's start. A human. Because she's the only yeah. human and he killed Apparently Lee. that's a role to opening the eye, which is never explained that you need a human or something. And also, why did the doctor need to be in that contraption? To, to keep his eyes open so that way the life force could be sucked out of him so and transferred into... They needed that whole metal... like nails. S like super BDSM <laughs> dude I'm telling you this was like a, a softcore porn with no porn yeah, yeah. the sets the Everything. like the filming the lighting all of it it was like a bad play there was do you remember Oof. earlier in the movie there was like a really fucking awful cut it just went black screen real quick and then all of a sudden we're on like the San Francisco bridge for a tenth of a second yeah and it was it just was, like 90s sitcom yeah it was right after the big dramatic Frankenstein moment where he's like who am I That's yeah right. cut yeah. and mm. then it's like 
the city of San Francisco. And in other news, there's like a giant beryllium or clock. something. Boo, do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should we do a Golden Girls podcast? Is that on the docket? I have too many things in my head. I know. Talk it, about derailing. Brain's too full of stuff. Anyways, back to this movie <laughs> and its poorness. Uh, Grace, because Lee gets killed by the master, Grace gets forced to look into the Eye of Harmony to start the process that's the master taking the, the regenerative lives of the doctor and she's like i'm blind and the doctor's like don't worry grace your sight will come back to you shortly like it's all gonna be fine and she blindly finds her way to the control console of the tardis oh i have yeah i I need to rant about that please do because they just leap this woman it's just a woman. She's just a lady. She's like, oh, what do I need to do, doctor? Like, he's freaking lassie. You know, like, he doesn't even say anything. Just like, oh, yeah, control room. Oh, so I need to go reroute the power? Oh, control room. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I need to go do this. Like, like why she does she automatically know? fucking knew what she was supposed to do? No, 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 no. That's not how it works. It's a freaking TARDIS. It's 1999. This lady does not know what she's doing. Why would she know to even go underneath the console at all? Why would she know what she's doing? There's just wires hanging down. So apparently she's just... This hard oh, surgery. Cool. It's she's, so hard. She's like, like oh what? shit, I've, I've hot-wired one car in my life, and this TARDIS is like a car, apparently. But no, she, she was having the conversation as if she understood the theory of what she was having to do, like why right. she had to do it. trying to make this woman seem like she was a match for the doctor. Not it was like, so stupid. It was yeah. so stupid because it was not thought through. It was not explained. Like, why would this fucking doctor know anything? Like, it, she didn't even say like, oh, I like physics or something. You know, no, like, oh, all I, she I did. This or something. I like physics is I the episode know. title. Oh my god, that's hilarious! I like physics. All she did was kill the seventh doctor. That's all she did. Yeah, really, she's, she's, she's a murderer. Like, yeah. I'm just gonna stick this scope in your heart. Yeah, and then the doctor's just like, well, she's probably to be trusted. You know, like let's make out with her for a little while. Gallifrey, like, this must be where I live. Like, bummer of a movie, man. It's it's poor. So <laughs> ultimately, fever dream. Fever one dream. second Super left, mad. she rewires the TARDIS to go through a temporal <laughs> loop. Yeah, and <clears throat> undo everything, and they're able to save the day. Five and, seconds to spare. And the doctor brings Grace ultimately back to life because the master throws her. And uh, and yeah, Lee. that was the best part of the movie when the master <laughs> threw her off the fucking balcony. Off the yeah. balcony, he's like, yeah. "Bitch!" And throws her right off, and she just crashes. I was like, "Yeah, all right, <laughs> finally something good happens yeah. in this movie." His dramatic entrance with his his outfit was pretty Ugh. great too. His oh, stupid yeah, Mortal Gallifrey. Kombat meets Doctor <laughs> <Yeah>. Strange. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. that's actually yeah. an. I'm pretty sure well, uh, I've got some facts from this uh, movie pulled up that we'll talk about here in a second, but. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's an original Doctor Who uh, Gallifreyan costume that they used for the movie. It's mm. not like a lame. extra lame. <laughs> uh, totally. But it was grandiose. Right. It was totally Shit. grandiose. Grandiose, uh, yes. So he saves them. Everything's going to go back to normal. He displaces them back in time and says, everything's cool now. And Lee, you shouldn't come back in next year in Christmas for some oh, reason, God. essentially. God. Like he's some sort of soothsayer. Like a prophet. God. He knows all, you know. And then he's like, Grace, don't you want to know? And she's like, 
now I don't want to know. Like, fuck you. Don't tell me. I don't want to know this shit. He, he, so he doesn't tell her. He hops back on the TARDIS, sits back, back down to chair. read his book that started the whole movie, HGL. Ew, they forced the, the full machine. circle. They forced it. Oh, it was awful. And then Ooh. the record skips again. And he goes, oh, not again, which is dumb um, and right. poor. So before we move on, let's go ahead, starting what? with, go ahead. What did they think they were was going to happen when they made this movie? What did they think they were going to get know. out of this? They wanted to kill Doctor Who, you guys. I think that they wanted to kill it. I think they pulled things out of a hat and they said, a, well. There's a documentary that's actually on that DVD. That, about what? About making the movie and like why they did oh, really? it. So we can well, watch. Well, we should have fucking watched that before we did well, this podcast. Well, we can report <laughs> yeah, on Now I feel uninformed yeah. well, with my rant. We well, need no. to feel justified. But they they did try <laughs> to put love into it, and they wanted to bring the series back because it was on the shelf for so long, and they didn't think anybody else would do it. So they applied for the rights, and BBC said, "Sure, take a shot." I mean, they were wrong. They you were know, wrong. at some point, we're also going to watch the uh, Peter Cushing Doctor Who and the Daleks movie, right? Dr. Who and the Daleks, and I've never seen that, but I hear it is rotten trash. So. <laughs> Great! Uh, I can't wait to dedicate can't be more much of worth, my time yeah. and it's energy not, it's not, to something it's, that isn't good. It's non-canonical; like it doesn't actually exist in the Whoverse. Oh, then I don't need to see that. You exactly. can watch that on your it's own. It's one of those. Yeah, totally. <laughs> my time is precious um, to me these days, guys. <laughs> so let's go on. ahead and round table this real quick. Let's rate it out of five. Why do we even need to rate it? Just because. Why not? We were informing our audience what we personally believe out of five, five. being a good movie. Yeah. Okay, well, you go first. Point five. <laughs> <laughs> Point five is my final answer. Like, the saving grace for this entire thing is one thing. Paul McGann is the doctor. Yeah. If they would have channeled a better script, if they would have given him a better opportunity, I think he knocks it out of the fucking park. Yeah. And slays as the doctor. And actually... They kind of felt bad and wanted to include him more, so they gave they kind of throw him a bone leading into the 50th, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But uh, who wants to go next on their rating? Well, um, out of five, I'd give this movie a one and a half. <laughs> generous. Yeah, it was generous. I'm being generous. Um, yeah, one and a half. Only because there were certain things that I could tolerate about it. You know, there was some light brevity and some humor here and there, which I could mm. appreciate their mm-hmm. attempts. I really liked who played the doctor, honestly. Paul like, McGann, that's yeah. the only reason that it even is getting anything from mm-hmm. me because I liked him. Um, everything else fucking sucked. I thought mm-hmm. the TARDIS set was cool, too. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> This movie was almost a little like goth in its mm-hmm. like yeah. danziginess with the broken <laughs> mirrors and the bleeding Ooh, candles everywhere yeah, yeah. and the wax. We did have that <laughs> going Sistina's on? Okay, what? yeah, it's very. We Sistina's. did say that, yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah, so that's great. the only reason that it gets a one, one and a half from me, Sarah. Okay, I am going to say one, and that is for two reasons. One, you at point five because Paul McGann, you know, he did okay. That's what he got. For what he was given. Yeah, well, it's not his, his fault. Not his, his fault. Best. Yeah, he did, he did he his could. best. And uh, the other half of a point uh, is because they made it through the whole movie, shitty as it was, and the doctor didn't have any sonic screwdriver. It was all his wits. True, he doesn't use the sonic. And that's that's okay by me. I like that sometimes, but they just did a poor job with it. Um, 
But it's too bad they didn't have Jeff Goldblum in it because I could have given it five gold blooms out of five gold blooms. God, ten gold blooms out of ten gold blooms. <laughs> you can't do that. The mythical so eleven gold blooms is. out of ten gold blooms. <laughs> <laughs> like I love Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Uh, so ultimately, we're giving this movie as a aggregate score a one. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> so it, it 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 tallied three points. There are three of us. That's we average that there. to one. Yeah, so it's a one out of five so guys. One out of five folks. Don't worry about this Watch movie. Forget we even mentioned discre- it. I like yeah. physics. Uh, watch at your own discretion. Uh, before we move into the next part of Paul McGann's history with Doctor Who, since this is kind of a Paul McGann retrospective, ultimately, I'm going to give you guys 30 facts about this movie. 30? It, it, it'll go quick. They're very short facts, but comment on the ones you guys are most intrigued by, and we'll kind of open dialogues up this Read way. Read fast. So... Uh, <laughs> The TARDIS set reportedly. The TARDIS <laughs> set reportedly uh, cost one million dollars to construct. I hate this movie even more now. Word. The hospital sets were also used by the makers of the X Files. No shit. Oh my god! Uh, I was gonna fucking say this movie is like a really awful version of X Files, and I yeah. loved X Files. Maybe that's why I'm raging about it. It was very X Filesy. Hmm. This next one's gonna blow your guys's mind. Christopher Eccleston was offered the part of the Eighth Doctor, but declined an audition, not wanting to be associated with a brand name. <laughs> Heyo, that's Ca- what everybody says about Marvel. Peter Capaldi also declined to audition as the Eighth Doctor, as he thought he was unlikely to get the part. Good so Capaldi could have been the was, eighth doctor. He dodged a bullet there. Yeah, both of them. The seventh doctor's costume in the movie includes the original hat owned by Sylvester McCoy. The we book, saw it. The book mm-hmm. that the doctor is reading at the start and the end is H.G. Wells' novel, The Time Machine. Sylvester McCoy only has 11 short lines of dialogue in the whole movie. Because yeah, he gets shot at the beginning. Yeah. This one's going to really blow your guys' mind. Holy shit. Fox and Universal Studios' top choice for the role of the Doctor was Tom Hanks. No. Harrison Ford. (laughs) And Jim Carrey. I'm sorry. All three turned it down. Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks as the Doctor? This list, hold on. There's way more names. But wait, wasn't this like a made-for-TV movie? Mm -hmm. Why the fuck would they think they could get those guys? Because 96, (laughs) well, I guess Jim Carrey doesn't make sense because he was at the height of his career in 96. They all were. Mm, Tom Hanks was starting to get on the little bit. Harrison Ford. No, Tom Hanks was on fucking fire castaway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Fair point. That's fair what point. I'm saying. Other like, actors. Like, could never have known. That's. Ugh, no. Any, Other, I can't imagine any one of those three actors as the doctor anytime. No. Ever. I think Tom Hanks could do a fantastic no. job. No. Oh, yeah. He's a great actor. No. He's, yes, he's, way, no. he's way too sad. But he's again, playing he's Mr. Rogers. American. Yeah. They just released the first picture of that today. I know. I saw that. That's why oh, I said I didn't that. Tom it. Hanks as the doctor. Other, actor, other actors include, considered for the role of the doctor included Rowan Atkinson, Chris Baer, Sean Bean, Jim Broadbent, Pierce Brosnan, Martin Clunes, uh, Robbie Coltrane, Billy Conley, Russell Crowe, Rupert Everett, Ralph Fiennes, Hugh Grant, Anthony Head, John Hurt, no. Derek, Derek Jacoby, who ends up being Professor Yana yeah, as yeah. the master, uh, Ian McKellen, Sam Neill, Peter O'Toole, and Michael, Michael Palin. Michael Palin from Monty Python? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? The TV... That's a doctor I'd get on they board were... with. <laughs> yeah. They were really lost, weren't they? The TV movie (laughs) featured the first appearance of the sonic screwdriver since 1982. 
the visitation. So they had been 14 years without a sonic screwdriver in Doctor Who, Lauren. There was seven years between the visitation and the final episode of uh, McCoy. Why? What happened to the sonic screwdriver? They just stopped using it as a as a plot point of the Doctor. Oh. It kind of, I guess, became stale or they didn't think it was utilized or they weren't, hmm. you know, thinking about rebranding it as they do now and have every Doctor have their own kind of you unique You know, make thing. it look like dildos like the newest iteration does? Mm-hmm. Holy shit, so this weird. next fact is about to blow your guys' mind. Steve Martin is a big Doctor Who fan and wanted to play the eighth Doctor. Whoa. They told him no. (laughs) The wife of Bruce, the ambulance driver, was played by Eliza Roberts, the wife of Eric Roberts. That's his real life life wife in bed with him that he kills. Um, It was the second Doctor Who story to be broadcast in the U.S. before being shown in the U.K. The Five Doctors, the show's 20th anniversary special, was shown in America two days prior to its U.K. airing in November 83. Following years of fan debate, the canonicity of the TV movie was only confirmed in 2007's Human Nature episode when an image of Paul McGann's face is included in John Smith's diary. Mm-hmm. And Human Ooh. Nature was my first episode of Doctor Who. So that's cool. And that's yeah. kind of funny, too. Like, uh, you know, half human. God, why did they have to do that? Poor. Yeah. The <sighs> Daleks' voices during the opening moments were the director, Jeffrey Sachs. The gunning down of Chang Lee's friends was cut from the original UK broadcast and was only shown before the 9 p.m., so it appeared as if they had just suddenly vanished. Whatever. Uh, Paul McGann's (laughs) younger brother, Mark McGann, also auditioned to play the Eighth Doctor. The movie is is the only time the Seventh Doctor is seen using the sonic screwdriver. So in the entirety of Sylvester McCoy, he never used the sonic screwdriver except in the movie. Back to the Future Chris star Christopher Lloyd nearly played the master, but was deemed too expensive. Eric Roberts ended up costing more than Lloyd anyways. Ha. Wow. Christopher <laughs> Lloyd would have been way better. Other Weird. actors considered... Oh my God, this list is almost better than the last list I told you. Other actors considered for the role of the master include... Oh. Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> no. Scott what? Bakula. Jane, no. Jim, Jim Belushi. Oh. David Bowie. Steve Buscemi, Chevy Chase, David Tim Bowie. Curry, Tim Dalton, Robert England, Jeff Goldblum, uh, oh, Rutger Hauer, Dennis Hopper, Mick Jagger, Ben Kingsley, Christopher Lee, Ray Liotta, John Lithgow, Kyle MacLachlan, John Malkovich, <laughs> Where Malcolm you shoot for the stars, guys? McDonald, yeah. Rick Moranis, Bill Murray, Leonard Rick Nimoy, Moranis. Tom Selleck, Kevin Spacey, Brent Spiner from Independence Day. How accurate is this list? Because these are very this is, opposite this is sounding from people. Cultbox.uk, which is one of the more trusted Doctor Who sites. Uh, the Master previously tried to use the Eye of Harmony to obtain a new set of regenerations in the Deadly Assassins. I believe that's a fourth or fifth Doctor story. The Master's Life is Wasted on the Living Line refers to Doctor Who writer Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy radio series. Mm. In the UK, the movie ended with a dedication to John Pertwee, the third doctor who had died previously the week before. Uh, Paul McGann and Sylvester McCoy are the only British actors in the entire production. The doctor's first kiss is featured in this movie. Uh, the gold dust annoying. that the master finds in the TARDIS is a reference to the Cybermen to whom gold is lethal. Promotion trailers on Fox in the US featured special effects footage from 1986. A, the trial of the Time Lord. Wait, gold is lethal to Cybermen? Apparently. I didn't know that either, but 
apparently. Hmm. Despite its reputation as a flop, the movie attracted over 9 million viewers in the UK in May 1996 and was the highest rated drama that week. <laughs> it would be. It was the first ever Doctor Who story to be filmed outside of Europe. And the last and final fact. The movie was renamed in France Les Seigneurs du Temps, meaning the Lord of Time. Mm-hmm. I probably said that good, wrong. Good try. I, I tried. Good try. So those are some fun facts about the Eighth Doctor's terrible movie. We still think it's bad. There's no, there's no need to dispute that. But I did show you kind of the wrap-up to Paul McGann's story, because canonically speaking, he's only been featured twice on screen. Lots of big finish audio dramas. He's done almost as many, if not more, than Tom Baker at this point. Paul McGann's Eighth Doctor doing That's audio stories. A lot. A lot. A lot. Um, and as I said last episode, Grace Holloway, the lady that plays her, is coming back to do an audio drama with the Doctor. Oh, yeah. For the first time since they did 96. So Interesting. It's, it's been a long time there. Is that audio drama going to, like, obviously take place? Like, do you know anything know. about it? No, we know almost nothing about it. We won't know until it's actually out or until they start releasing audio trailers. I gotcha. Um, but I showed you something attached to the 50th anniversary special. The mm-hmm. Night of the Doctor, which shows the ultimate demise of the Eighth mm-hmm. Doctor and how he becomes War Doctor. Uh, would you guys like to comment upon that? Well, what I don't understand about that is, wasn't the War Doctor only in existence for like a super short period of time? Like, why would he regenerate into a young-looking version of the War Doctor? That doesn't make any sense to it me. It does. And, and and this is something that I know Stephen Moffat talked about. Um, I, I do believe in the behind the scenes. He's the war doctor for a while because the entirety, the entirety of the time war, I want you to put that image in your head, the entirety of the time war, which is time locked, meaning it could last forever and time wouldn't move a second, essentially. He's trapped in that moment of the time war and aging slowly as the doctor that's why he gets more scruffy and grows facial hair why does he age it doesn't well, make the, any sense like yes, think about the peter capaldi doc- no, the seventh doctor aged think about it when he's in a town called christmas 100 years he gets fucking older they they do that if the doctor stays as the doctor in one fixed point in time for too long he does start to age they have consistently done that throughout different iterations of the doctor so it made sense i mean you got to think stephen moffat's not a schlub like the us people that did the movie he was utilizing this piece as, here's how we get our war doctor. This makes sense why Paul McGann did not regenerate into Christopher Eccleston. Right, mm-hmm. he, right. Because he technically died. The witches of Khan give him this elixir that allow him to be alive for a short amount of time, but he then has to take it upon himself to drink the elixir that will regenerate him fully and right. let his life continue. And that's when they and give him And he gets the, to pick what kind of regeneration he gets. If he's going to be a warrior, mm-hmm. a, or woman. a coward, a woman, a man, all these different like options. So she fixes him a fucking drink mm-hmm. that's going to make him be the a elixir. warrior. Correct. Yeah, a witchy drink. She already had it made, by the way. Yeah. Because they knew he was coming back. And right. they were, they, I mean, obviously that's a fixed point in time. And again, this is all, you got to start thinking that that. I want to be okay with it because it's Stephen Moffat. The witches of. Like, <clears throat> that the witches of Khan mm-hmm. story that they kind of add there is this like sub pocket that happens where they know they're one of the few other races that are so close to the time war they know what it means so that's why they interfere and they give the doctor this opportunity to um 
go fuck shit up, essentially, <laughs> which is what the war doctor does. He gets lost in the time war, trying to figure out how to use the moment, as we've seen, and ultimately decides, well, I don't want to use the moment, but maybe two other doctors will help me and we'll find a different way around. So, yes. Did we explain, since we're on a podcast, probably people have not actually seen that little mini episode. Do you want to, like, explain actually what happens in it? Because oh, we yeah, didn't even yeah, do we'll, that. I we'll, just realized we just started commenting we'll, upon it. We'll, we'll short riff this. So the doctor's yeah. TARDIS is flying towards this ship that looks like it's crashing. And the doctor shows up on this ship. And there's this lady, Cass. And he's like, come on, Cass. I'm going to get you out of here. And everything's cool. And I'm the doctor. Here's my thing. It's bigger on the inside. And she's like, wait, what did you say? It's bigger on the inside. She's like, wait a minute. It's a, it's a TARDIS. You're a Time Lord. I don't want anything to do with you. You're bad. You're just like the Daleks. Because now, again, that sub pocket of time where certain people know what's happening in the Time War. And both the Gallifreyans and Daleks are looked at as the same kind of evil by starting the Time War. Because they're the only two that really participate in it. So Cass says, I'd rather die here than be saved by a Time Lord. I'm just going to chill. That door is deadlocked. Good luck. You can't come through. Ship crashes. Uh, the doctor's body is in this pile of rubble. It should have been incinerated, but I digress. Mm -hmm. uh, the witches of Khan pull him back and revive him. As I was saying, they give him the option. Cass's body gets shown. He's like, oh, you know, and they use her as kind of this like uh, crutch of what would she want? Mm -hmm. would she want you to go stop you the war you're a good man like but mm -hmm. prove it essentially and that then that ties into capaldi am i a good man it, mm -hmm. it, it, it we're all rolling mm -hmm. in the same dough here essentially mm -hmm. and he decides he's going to do it he wants to be a warrior he picks up the elixir which happens to be the one that she made herself conveniently enough conveniently mm -hmm. enough i like physics and um he drinks it. Boom. He starts glowing immediately. There's a flash of light, and we just see a reflective, younger, but still old. I mean, he's not a young man. He's an older man, just no facial mm -hmm. hair. John it's hard Hurt. to tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's a little distorted. Obviously, I'm guessing they just used the likeness of John Hurt and had to do some manipulation because he probably wasn't on set for that actual regeneration. But mm -hmm. then this allows us to see that Paul McGinn, because now... I do believe, historically speaking, we've seen every version of the Doctor regenerate. They've actually finally made it to where we haven't... Because there was... Temp I, th I believe there was lost footage for the second Doctor into the third, and they found that footage, or the first into the second. I'm not exactly sure. So now we've seen every iteration of the Doctor and how they regenerated in different forms. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm glad that we watched the little mini-episode. It wasn't long. It was like, what, five minutes? Mm -hmm. Five or six minutes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Puts a nice mm -hmm. little bow on Paul McGann's story. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there were a lot of people that when Capaldi was like, peace, I'm out. And there was this great conjecture with what happens with the great curator in the 50th and how he says that sometimes you go back to familiar faces. A lot of people took that as a clue. They're going to bring Paul McGann back and give him a proper run as the doctor in the series. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited for Jody. But I kind of wish they would have went back to Paul McGann and given him an opportunity to have at least one season as the doctor. Well, maybe they will someday. Maybe they will some. Well, hopefully, you know. Um, but I, I, th I thought the 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 night of the doctor short was good. It serves a good purpose. It gives you that build up, as it were. It was a uh, short and cheap and. Uh... It is what it is. It necessitates what it needs to <laughs> yep. necessitate. 
It it was trying to deal with that pile of shit movie and tie up loose ends. <laughs> so <laughs> over, it served its purpose. So yeah. overall, I think we all agree that Paul McGann, great actor, was awesome as the doctor. Yeah, he was alright. The stories yeah. he was put in maybe weren't suited for him so much. He was a little too melodramatic, but that was just the shitty script. Bad yep. directing. He would have been a solid doctor. I mean, imagine if and he, he would have taken. He looked pretty good, like in mm-hmm. the the mini episode. I was like. Yeah, he's totally believable as a doctor. All right. Shortened haircut and everything, mm-hmm. and like kind of scraggly. He didn't and scruffier. look like the hobbitses. No, no, <laughs> the hobbitses. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, but you know, Paul McGann. Looking back, I think if you would have given him that look, the rigid look he has in this Night of the Doctor in his '96 movie, and made him more of a badass. Oh, like, he would have been badass. It would have been badass. It would have actually <sighs> it made been that a movie. totally different movie. It, it would have made him the into that romantic thing. Yeah, oh, exactly. Was... They had to shoehorn in romance because America. People won't believe it if there's not a love story attached. It's not right. true. And Just guns. And guns. Yeah, that was a very cliche, awful movie. I don't ever want to watch it again. <laughs> also, interesting go. to note <laughs> that in 1999, um, in San Francisco. Pretty sure Hank Pym chilling in San Francisco as Ant-Man at that point in time. Always comes back to Marvel. Whoa. (laughs) I'm just thinking about other movies that took place in San Francisco, and that was the first one that popped in my head. I wasn't thinking about that at all. Sorry. Now I'm thinking about So I Married an Axe Murderer. That was a San Francisco (laughs) movie classic (laughs) that I'd way rather watch over this piece of shit we just watched today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. uh, But I'm glad that we watched it. I'm glad that I have that history and knowledge and uh, glad that it's over. And now we can pass it on yep. to our fans about what we thought about it. And honestly, I'm telling people, still search this movie out, even though we spoiled the entirety of this movie. And even though you can still watch the Night of the Doctor clip, I think on YouTube, you can also get it on the 50th anniversary Day of the Doctor Blu-ray and DVD sets. Uh, but this gives people, we, we still want people to maybe go watch this movie and form their own opinion, even though we thought it was I mean, if you awful. really have nothing better to do... <laughs> And you like Doctor Who, and you have like a couple hours to waste your life, for go the, ahead. For the history. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be interested in hearing what your thoughts are on it, you know? Totally. Yep. Well, if you liked it, I am I really am going to need to know why. <laughs> and if you didn't like it, then you're in good company. So by the next time we get together... Jody Whitaker will officially be our doctor, and she will be she whoa, will whoa. be starting her journey. I mean, literally a week from Saturday or Sunday, what? we will have Jody Whitaker as the doctor. Uh, and I know Shit, that she does that mean I got to catch up? Oh yeah, it's on. Um, but I know that she's going to be on Stephen Colbert, not Colbert. She's going to be on Seth Meyers or something. One of the late night talk shows here in the next couple days. She's going to be a guest on to kind of hype Doctor Who coming out i know uh so sometime next week i would think maybe wednesday or thursday be look on the lookout for jody whitaker on major syndication let's see i don't think i have any other doctor who news to report here let's just do a quick search doctor who news anything you guys want what's to fill in? new what's what's, what's new? oh yeah that's I don't know. I don't. I haven't heard any yeah. other Doctor Who news. No, I've been offline, off yeah. the line. Here's yeah, from. Not here, been on the here's line an article lately. from no. today. Jodie Whittaker's first episode of Doctor Who has been viewed and reviewed by the critics, and has broadly received positive reviews. Her performance, those of her co-stars, and the production values of the woman who fell to Earth came in for particular praise. But some critics felt there was still room for improvement 
In his four-star review of The Sun, Rod McPhee said Whitaker may be the breath of fresh air needed to revive a flagging franchise. She doesn't always strike the right balance between quirky geek and masterful Time Lord, and at times she comes across as irritatingly childlike. But the highest praise is that you quickly forget you're watching a female doctor and you just accept you're watching the doctor. Well, that's good. That's all I yeah, wanted. That's good. Writing in the iPaper, Stephen Kelly complimented the show's improved production values. Never before has Doctor Who looked so crisp and cinematic, nor the CGI so convincing and expensive. Damn. As any fan that has ever tried to convert a skeptic knows, Doctor Who's relatively low budget can often prove a barrier. But I not like anymore. The low budget. Me too. <laughs> this feels like the real deal. Fun. However, some critics struck a more descending note as an episode of doctor who the woman who fell to earth isn't perfect uh hugh nothing's ever gonna be perfect especially the first episode i mean you look at peter capaldi's first episode the land before dinosaur time or whatever it wasn't that great like who makes that not necessarily the doctor jenny and madame bastra kick ass and strax those are the best parts of that first episode um, a few of the jokes mainly focusing on whitaker getting used to her new incarnation and lines of dialogue fall a bit flat and on the whole, it's definitely a less witty and quotable version of Who than we might have seen during the years of former showrunner Moffat. Does the first episode get everything right all the time? No. But it scores where it really counts, showing more than enough wit and flair to convince us that we're entering into a new era that'll be every bit as bold and, yes, brilliant as we'd hoped. Um, a couple more quotes here. There's only a few more quotes here. The Telegraph's Ben Lawrence said, Chibnall had, the, had cooled things down with some much-needed accessibility, but still something is missing. There's also a distinct lack of interest in the show's heritage, although Whitaker's performance captured the essence of previous incarnations of her character. The overall effect of the show sometimes felt like a trip too far from the familiar. Boo, I disagree with this guy, and I haven't even seen it. He just sounds like he's bitching for the sake of bitching. Well, we can't say now, can we? We can't. We are speculating for another week. Uh, Carol Midgey awarded the episode four stars in her review from the Times. The best compliment I can pay Whitaker after the first episode, her casting doesn't feel remotely radical. It feels normal. After 10 minutes, you forget her sex was ever an issue. Whitaker brings energy, fizz, and modernity to the role while looking babyface compared to her predecessor, Peter Capaldi, whom she describes in the show as a white-haired Scotsman. It feels like it's going to be Matt Smith all over again. We'll see. We'll see. Possibly. I'm really looking forward to this, you guys. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited for what the future brings, as I have said pretty consistently since we've been talking about Jodie Whittaker becoming the doctor her roles in both Broadchurch and Attack the Block did it for me like I know what she brings as an actor Mm -hmm. I'm just excited to watch her execute well and I can't wait to see the payoff of this season you can't judge this whole season on episode one and assume that by the time you get to the finale episode one's not going to be better because you've got all these little things that have tied back into it that make it elevated it mm-hmm. always happens in Doctor Who. Mm. You watch back to Rose. You watch back to the first episode, The Christmas Invasion with, with David Tennant. And it's it's good, but when you rewatch it after you've seen everything of that character, you're like, oh my God, this is the inception of this Doctor and so brilliant. And there's this little quirky attribute this Doctor brought and this little ideology and whatnot. So... I, th- I don't think I've ever... I don't think I've rewatched any Doctor Who that I've already watched other than like mm. the first episode that we watched recently again, you know, with mm-hmm. Rose mm-hmm. and Chris Freckleton. Yeah, we rewatched that one and I hadn't seen that one since the first time I had watched it. 
you know? Yeah. Like, I've, I haven't watched all of these seasons multiple times is my point. Yeah. I have. Gone <laughs> once. Yeah. And I haven't even finished it yet. Yeah, we, yeah. um, I can't believe I've not used this term on the show, but my thing ever since I got into Doctor Who is I like to indoctrinate people into Who and getting them to watch the whole thing. So I have sat down with many a person and been like, look, if you're going to watch Doctor Who, I'll watch the whole fucking thing with you. Let's go. <laughs> like, let's just watch it and you'll enjoy it. I Trust me. Like, just sit with me and we'll we'll enjoy it together. And I'll be able to, after each episode, fill you in with a little bit of whatever. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in watching, like rewatching some of the stuff we've already seen, I'm into that. Uh, well, I figured you would be, but, but this, I need to finish uh, what I... We got to catch up with yeah, Jody. Yeah. I mean, you're only two seasons out. 26 episodes isn't bad. Over mm, two weeks enough. to go, we can pull it off. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. If not, you'll That's only be a week behind. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it we'll out. We'll get it working out. Um, but before we get down here, let's go ahead and hit up the plugs. As always, you can check out Gallif Radio at journeyintocomics.com or go to iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or Spotify. Search Journey Into Comics Network. Get all the shows on our network. That's Journey Into Comics, Poor News, Poor Entertainment, Journey Into Wrestling, Adulting Ain't Easy, Foodies Watching Movies, You've got Podcastrophy, who also has their own feed now, Kids for Sale Podcast, Brews with Dudes, and a Best of the Week show every single Sunday. I think that's going to do it. Oh, also check out our Patreon, patreon.com backslash journey into comics, where you can give us a dollar for the early access and exclusive content, meaning when there's new shows, you guys get them first. When there's episodes that are up, you get to hear them before the release date. I think that is going to do it for this week's episode mm-hmm. of Gallif Radio. Um, Veronica, Sarah, thank you guys both so much for joining me again. Oh, well, no problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, Even though it was a really shitty movie, I'm happy to have been a companion <laughs> on this journey. The shitty movie yielded a really good episode, though. Mm-hmm. It's been really fun, I thought. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think <laughs> that's going to do it for this week of Gallif Radio. As always, I'm Nate. I'm Veronica. Sarah. And make sure to close the TARDIS door. Later.